Hello and welcome to Little Patience's interview podcast for 2021. All of our tutors completed the most recent application cycle, so we know just how to ace your online interviews this year like we did. We'll be answering frequently asked questions about the process and sharing our own experiences with details on how to prepare and good resources to help you out. One excellent way to book an, is to book an affordable mock interview with us that's tailored to each university, with tutors who got offers from universities like Cambridge, King's College London, Queen Mary's, UCL and Leicester. We know all the best ways to impress your interviewers and are here to help you secure offers from your dream universities. We'll start with one of the most frequently asked questions. How do you prepare? My first step was setting up an interview folder containing all I needed for my practice. My personal statement, for example, which you should know inside out and avoid contradicting. Personal statement questions come up often, so use them as an opportunity to expand on what you said before, not repeat or contradict. The folder also contained mock answers I prepared. These were bullet points, not prose, of the most common questions, such as why medicine and why this university. You don't want to sound rehearsed, but it does help to have a list of each point you want to make in your answer. And keep in mind that the most powerful answers are the ones articulated on the spot, so don't go writing whole scripts. You can find mock questions with guidance online, such as the medic portal, organised by category, and that helped me a lot, and that gave me questions to plan for. And practice with with my friends. One of my early steps, and another part of the folder, was printing off good medical practice from the GMC, which you can find online. I annotated each aspect with my own experience that demonstrated that I have the potential and ability to be a good doctor. Good interview answers include specific examples with relevant reflections, and I cannot stress that enough. For example, I would discuss my role as a children's tutor when asked about communication skills and specific times where I communicated patiently and empathetically using my own experiences as a student to teach well. This is relevant as a doctor communicating with patients and colleagues, and by using examples you make your answers more powerful and you show evidence that you genuinely do have those qualities. In my folder, I also printed off book reviews or summaries that I would feel comfortable talking about during an interview, especially about books that I talked about in my personal statement. You may not be asked directly about wider reading, but you can implement it into your answers to show passion and curiosity. The same applies for work experience. My notes from hospital placements would be in the folder and I'd use them to answer questions. It's not enough to simply say that you're an empathetic, dedicated or studious person. You need to show it and prove it with specific examples. You should also familiarise yourself with some recent papers with COVID being a hot topic. It helps to have a breadth of scientific research and more sociological research too. Interviewers may ask you for an example of a recent breakthrough that you think will change medicine. They may specify in the last 100 years or 10 years, so try to keep it recent so that you can always use that example. You can also tie these into more general questions, such as what do you think we could have done better in our response to COVID? Interview practice takes a lot of getting used to and it definitely didn't come naturally to me. However, it helps to practice with someone who can constructively criticise you. Try to find an interview buddy who is also preparing for medicine interviews, ideally at similar universities and practice together. If not, you can always do so with other friends and family as long as you practice speaking to someone to develop those non-verbal cues such as hand gestures, facial expression and eye contact. These make a huge difference.
Doctors who communicate well non-verbally are desirable. Now that we've covered how to prepare, when should you start? We started before we got our first interview invitations, gathering resources and modelling general questions. As soon as you get your invite, you should get started, if not before. It is definitely not as intense as the UCAT or BMAT and will feel less draining to do. It really is an enjoyable experience. One of the best ways to start or to check your progress is by booking a mock interview with a little patience, where we'll give you a detailed feedback document that you can keep and use to continually improve until the day of your interview. The more mock interviews, the better. They're a great signpost to see how you're improving over time. It's also good to have multiple perspectives since some interviewers pick up on different aspects to improve. And another question we often get is how should you answer why have you chosen this university? One of the first things to do is use the university websites. Find out their method of teaching, such as traditional, integrated or PBL, and why you'd benefit from this. Look at if they offer intercalation and what you may enjoy intercalating in there specifically. It also helps to talk passionately about the extracurricular activities they have, whether it be a sports club or debate team. One way to impress interviewers is discuss how specific recent research at that university interests you and how you like the opportunity to be a part of similarly important work, demonstrating your deep interest in medicine. Another question we get is how much should you know about the NHS? You should know the structure of the NHS, its constitution and its role. One good way of doing this is explaining a patient's journey from primary, secondary, tertiary and sometimes quaternary care. This could be a patient presenting to a GP with chest pain, being recommended to a cardiologist in a hospital and maybe even to a tertiary cardiology centre, which is highly specialised, if their case requires greater expertise and facilities to treat. The MSAG's online self-study interview course, that's MSAG, was useful for me in understanding this, as well as some guidance on how to answer questions where you're asked for an opinion or a time where you've shown a particular attribute. Also familiarise yourself with the NHS long-term plan and your opinions on its focus and methods of improving public health. Another question is how should you approach ethics questions? Make sure to consider everyone involved, a stakeholder analysis, to demonstrate empathy. Apply the four pillars of medical ethics and use them to choose an action that adheres to them, all of them, as much as possible. You should also be up to date on current guidelines around controversial topics, such as abortion or euthanasia, to avoid saying any responses deemed illegal. And now to detail my interview experiences at King's College London, St George's, Cambridge and UCL. And that's the order that I did the interviews in, so we'll start with King's. King's was an online live panel format with two interviewers. They invite people in batches and at different times from highest to lowest UCAT scores. Both interviews were very nice and I felt very relaxed because of that. They used to do MMI but that's changed due to COVID. I did feel somewhat overprepared since I didn't know what to expect and I practiced a lot of different questions. But it's always best to be overprepared than underprepared. Questions were to do with motivation, ethical scenarios and the state of the NHS and I did successfully get an offer from King's. My next interview was from St George's and that didn't go so well. I neglected practising for it and wasn't in the mindset to do so, having got in my Cambridge interview only two days beforehand. As in, I got the invite two days before, beforehand and the interview was in a week. I was sent questions and was told to record my responses to them and upload them online for St George's 
and it felt very weird doing so and I did panic a lot during the process. I found the questions to be very difficult and varied. My answers weren't well structured or thought through and I gave a poor performance and it happens to us all. That's the consequences of underpreparing and, ex- and I expected not to get the offer, which I didn't. I didn't let this put me down though, since I was happy with my King's interview and looking forward to Cambridge's. So failing at one isn't the end of it. You still have three other universities to rely on and even then there's two and in the end you just need to impress that one university to get into medicine somewhere. Now my Cambridge interview was the one I cared about the most and I did feel some nerves. I am a first year under, uh, first year undergraduate at Cambridge now uh, studying medicine so this did go successfully. I was confident since I prepared well with mock interviews and YouTube videos knowing what to expect. And if you want to do the same, check out our YouTube channel where we've uploaded a realistic Cambridge medicine mock interview updated for the post-COVID format. It was my most enjoyable interview and very different from the others, much more academic. They assess how well you learn things, less about getting the right answers, but having a good thinking process. There were two separate interviews in a panel format. The interviewers don't know how your other one went, so you shouldn't let one affect the other. I performed better in the second by keeping in mind what could have gone better in the first. For example, I noticed that when they gave me new information and then ask a question later on, I should use that information to show learning in my answer. One way to ensure this is make a note of key ideas and terms. There were also questions about my personal statement, so know yours inside out, including any wider reading you wrote about. My final interview was with UCL. I also enjoyed this one. They seem to look for well-rounded individuals. Once confirming that candidates are academic, they seek out evidence of people skills. I think their questions are very good at assessing someone as an individual and their understanding of medicine as a social profession. This one was also a panel interview and I did get the offer from UCL. Overall, I enjoyed the interview season and look back on it with a lot of nostalgia. So try to enjoy yours and be grateful for every opportunity. You'll look forward you'll look back on it with pride in the future. I will be sharing my interview experiences. So I received four interview invitations. I applied to King's College London, Barton de London, University of Leicester and the University of Birmingham. And my first interview was from King's, which I was super excited about because that was my first choice. And I had my King's interview on the 4th of December last year. I actually did it at school at around 3.40pm because I couldn't rely on my wife at home and I really didn't want to mess it up. So even though some students were in the background of my video, it didn't matter too much. Well, clearly it didn't, but it was quite stressful at the time because... You want to make sure that if you can help it, your setup should be quite plain and you should really blur your background. But I'm glad that they were forgiving about that. And it was a panel interview, but it felt more like a conversation. And that's because I did all this prep for a couple of weeks before the interview when I found out about it. And I made sure to research these articles and critically appraise them. So what that means is I kind of checked out what the trials were like, if the articles mentioned any sort of studies. I made sure if the papers were peer-reviewed just so that I could talk about the findings being evidence-based because that's really important in medicine and I critically appraised it along those lines essentially. But when I got to the interview it felt a little bit unnatural for me to answer because I wasn't expecting the questions to be 
quite straightforward. I expect it to be thrown off, but I am very grateful that they asked questions that, you know, weren't too difficult to answer because that way I kind of could bring in my work experience and bring in my wider reading. And it allowed me to take a bit more control over the conversation. So a piece of advice that I would give is that once your interview is done, even if you feel like you didn't perform to the best of your potential, which is what I felt like because I felt that I did all this practice and preparation for about four or five questions, which I thought I didn't answer so well because I was quite limited and I focused more sort of on the academic research side of questions and I practiced those a bit more rather than the more soft skills side of questions. And so I left the interview feeling a little bit sort of overwhelmed because I didn't expect the interview to go like that but it gave me better insight for my future interviews and I knew that I could take what I learned from the King's interview and reflect on it and basically relax a bit more when it came to the other interviews and focus a bit more on my skills on me as a person because if you are invited to an interview at that stage the university can see you studying with them and they do want you to study with them they just have to confirm that you are who you say you are on paper and you want to prove that to them just by being yourself so don't get too caught up with the academics of it because they know that at the end of the day they're going to teach you the course you don't need to be completely clued up before the interview you just have to show an interest in learning and you have to show that you are the type of person that they can teach you adapt to their different learning styles and that's why you sort of apply to universities with courses and curriculums that are more tailored to the way that you learn But essentially, I digress, the King's interview went quite well, despite me saying that I felt quite overwhelmed. And I'm just saying that because I got an offer from it, really. Um, So make sure to always focus on the next interview that you have coming up, because it can be quite hard to forget about your performance if you feel like you didn't do so well. But I think it's more useful to just reflect on what you could have improved on and bring that into your next interview. The next interview after King's was from Leicester and I did that interview on the 14th of December around morning time just before I went to sixth form and I remember it being a virtual MMI which can be quite difficult for some unis to hold because of the software issues that could come with that but we were quite fortunate in the sense that they allowed us to practice with the software that they gave us just before our interview so that we were familiar with it. And I'm sure that they're going to do that with any sort of new software that they don't expect students to know about already. And I was also told for this interview, unlike my other ones, to prepare a verbal presentation for one of their stations. And they didn't give me a lot of guidance on what to talk about. So I kind of just brought in not only my medical work experiences and wider reading and extracurriculars but also my non-medical interests because I thought I mean it's a verbal presentation I didn't expect them to want me to regurgitate my personal statement again so I just tried to make it a bit more personal and a bit more conversational because when it did come to actually presenting it felt less formal it felt more like a conversation just like I was talking to the interviewer about who I am, the kind of interests that I have and how I would contribute to the university. But I think they leave a lot of freedom up to the students to decide how to present themselves. So that was quite an interesting sort of station that I wasn't prepared for, that didn't come up when I was practicing my questions. But it's good to sort of look back and reflect and see 
what is it about you that universities would like to see? Not just about your academic grades or the experience that you've collected, it's what about you as a person is going to kind of uplift their university environment? I know that sounds quite unfamiliar, but I think that's what they were looking for. And it went quite well. I do remember that they were very patient, they were very friendly. I'm sure that universities expect students not to be completely tech savvy all the time. I know that I'm really not great with tech. I don't even know how I'm recording this podcast, to be very honest with you. Um, So despite that quite unexpected part of the MMI, the rest kind of went pretty normally. Uh, Just your expected stations that came up. And I do remember, this is probably because I talk a lot, I remember being cut off quite a few times. But I take that as a good sign because I wouldn't say get intimidated when they cut you off because at that point it's almost as if they've gathered all the information they need from you and they just want to be wary of time so that you're able to tick the other criteria um just make sure that you're not waffling and not going on a tangent about something that is unrelated to the question but as long as you're sort of developing your answer interlinking your work experience and your wider reading your extracurriculars you're linking it back to the role of a doctor and if you are doing that and they stop you They've probably got a good sense that you know what you're talking about and they don't need you to continue. Um, So that happened to me quite a few times. Don't worry about it if it does happen to you. I also was sort of prompted a few times and that made me a lot more worried because I thought, okay, I mean, if they're prompting me, then there are definitely parts of my answer that I'm missing. And it made me a bit nervous in the moment. But I realised that, again, they're doing that because they see that potential in you. They see that you know what you're talking about they just want to see if you can kind of verbalize it and get that knowledge out there so don't be put off I know it's a lot easier said than done but in the moment if they do prompt you if they do cut you off just go along with it and keep answering like sort of the next question don't let that throw you off the interview was my longest one from what I remember it was around 45 minutes to an hour whereas the other ones were about 20 to 30 minutes But it didn't feel that long. It honestly went really quick, especially I think if you're in an MMI and there's quite rigid timings for each station, you don't notice the time go by as much. And remember that it's marked individually. So other interviewers aren't aware of your performance in one station. So I do remember that one of my stations I didn't do so well in and I kind of thought, you know, it wasn't going to go that great after that. But I tried to remind myself that every station it's a new interviewer new marking scheme new questions so don't let sort of a blip in your performance put off the rest of your interview so the next interview after Leicester was my Birmingham interview and there was a massive gap between my Leicester and my Birmingham interview I mean it's not that big but I think when you're constantly in the rhythm of practicing interviews and you take that much of a break it can mean that you get a bit lazy and a bit complacent. I don't think I stopped my practice at any point. I definitely just relaxed with it a little bit, especially because we were approaching mocks, or at least we thought we were before lockdown hit last year. So I was focusing more on my grades as well at this point. It was like a nice break for me to not do intense preparation every day. And what I mean by intense preparation was just lots and lots of practice. There wasn't a huge amount of wider reading because I think I did that before like while preparing for my personal statement that's when the majority of my sort of ethical reading and 
research papers were read around that time. When it came closer to the interviews, I just made sure to reflect on the constructive criticisms that I received and I made sure just to ramp up the practice. So with that little bit of break, I had my Birmingham interview on the 5th of February, around that time, early February, and it was in the afternoon. What I remember from that interview is that it was my worst one. Um, And the reason for that is because I was off to a really rocky start. I used my friend's laptop and I had no prior experience using that device. And I only knew really how to turn it on and off. And I just thought, you know, it's not that hard. It's not really rocket science. I'm sure that if something comes up, I'll be able to manage it in the moment. But I didn't. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me before to actually practice with the device and with the platform that I would be interviewed on. But that's just a good lesson for you to learn, to make sure that your device is fully charged, that you know your way around it. If something goes wrong with the platform, how do you sort of sign in and sign out, that sort of thing. So when it came to the interview, they did give me a few links to open up. And it sounds super easy, like I shouldn't have to mess that up, but I don't know what was going on. Web pages just kept opening up and someone like me, who isn't tech savvy at all, even if I knew like the device that I was working on, I probably still would have messed it up somehow. And this is no fault from the university. This is completely my own. And I literally also had to get my friend to kind of help me open up the links. And they saw that as well. So I'm sure they thought I was cheating or searching up the answers or something. So after that super rocky start, it did throw me off for the rest of the interview. And I felt like, okay, I did two interviews already. I'm not too worried because Kings and the Barts and the London, they were my first two choices just because I wanted to stay in London. Um, So even though I wasn't planning to go to Birmingham, it was still very important because you never know if you get the offer or not really. So it still counted a lot, which is why I was quite disheartened after that interview because I knew that since it started off quite chaotically, later on I couldn't really focus on what the interviewer was asking me. I literally forgot the concept of capacity for the whole of that interview which is crazy considering how much I had prepped beforehand. So it just goes to show that nerves can really get the better of you. You could do all the wider reading you want, but in the moment, if something does go wrong, try not to let it throw you off. I know that's so hard. I mean, I clearly that didn't work with me, but it's important to know that they're very forgiving. They're very friendly. Um, they were still very patient with me despite all the kind of tech problems. And it went... According to my potential, I think I did okay. I know that had that hadn't happened, I probably would have performed a lot better, but it's just a good lesson to learn. They also did have a numeracy station that I completed a few days later. And as someone who did not take A-level maths, who literally still counts on their fingers, it went, it went all right for me because I think it was just about GCSE level maths. It wasn't something too complicated. If anything, I would say just make sure that you've got your mental arithmetic down and that you're used to practicing questions um, that are very wordy. So for those numeracy stations, but I know that it also varies from uni to uni, like difficulty of the math stations. So I don't think not taking A-level maths would ever be a disadvantage, but just check with your university in terms of the difficulty level. I was quite fortunate. Um in terms of 
that numeracy that I could actually do it. But because of my interview performance, as I had expected, it I didn't receive an offer from Birmingham. But that was okay because I had still one more interview left and that was from Queen Mary's or Barts in the London. Lastly, I had my Barts in the London interview, which was around the 10th of February. And I think this was my best interview because they had sent us an article to research beforehand and it allowed me to use those independent research skills that I developed whilst doing wider reading for my interviews. And this interview was also panel-based. I think there was also a medical student there, so it felt like there was an essence of familiarity and I could ask them questions like that I genuinely wanted to know without it being almost assessed. Maybe it was assessed, it probably was actually, but... That brings me to a good point. If they do ask you if you have any questions, it's always great to have one in mind. And it doesn't always have to be sort of academic or research related. It could literally just be about the societies at the university because it shows that you are passionate about studying with them and you want to already get a sense of what the uni life would be like. I found that the bots interviewers were super friendly and I also spoke for quite a long time. And they just let me kind of take the interview in the direction that I wanted to, which was quite nice. I'm not sure, of course, what these interviews would be like this year, but I expect them to not be too different, especially since last year was the first time that they trialled out virtual interviews. So they'll probably keep quite a few elements from last year. Um, and to be honest, if you even if you do have an interviewer who doesn't engage with you, because there will be some that sort of are quite stiff upper lipped and they don't make a lot of eye contact and they'll just be writing down notes the whole time. If you do get one of those interviewers and it's likely that you may get a panel interview where only one of them is doing that and the other one is quite smiley, quite engaging, nodding their head with you, things like that. Don't be intimidated. They are still listening to everything that you're saying. So still make an attempt to be smiley and friendly and sort of include them and engage with them. I know that's super difficult through a screen, but just make sure that you're not put off by that sort of demeanour. It doesn't mean that your performance is bad. It just may, they may just want to test you and see how you react if somebody's not very responsive. So continue being yourself and being quite smiley and friendly. And that would definitely get your global impression up. Global impression is just something that interviewers look at in terms of the kind of demeanour you have. It's not necessarily related to the way you answer questions, but it's, do you maintain eye contact are you smiley are you confident do you alter the tone of your voice for example they'll just make notes on those as well from what I know um again that might have changed this year so I know that we couldn't share the heavy details about our interviews because we had to sign non-disclosure agreements but we still hope that getting an insight into our experiences has better prepared you for yours there wasn't a huge amount of advice really shared in this podcast because we just wanted to share our experiences and answer your frequently asked questions. However, we will be going to detail about interview advice, how we prepped, what resources we used on our Zoom session taking place at 11am Sunday 19th of December. We will also have a special guest joining us. We're very fortunate to have GP trainee Dr. Esli Oskan. You may know her as the junior doctor on YouTube and we're excited to get her wisdom on interviews and it will be the perfect opportunity to ask her any medicine or interview-related questions. 
since she has a lot of experience and her journey into medicine has also been quite a unique one so it would be great and useful if you wanted to join and she's very busy of course so we're very fortunate to have her on to access the zoom link for this event make sure you sign up to the mailing list on our website and make sure that you're subscribed to our youtube channel with bell notifications on to be the first to know about the content that we that we release and speaking of youtube channel one of the a little patient's tutors has simulated a virtual cambridge medicine mock interview for you to have a look at and that's useful even if you aren't applying to Oxbridge because you get insight into how a virtual medicine interview is set up and what you can expect. It's always good to have that exposure first, otherwise you might get blindsided by something on the day. And again, as we've spoken about before, nerves can really impact your performance. So make sure to have a look. And if you aren't following our Instagram and TikTok, you should probably do that now and turn our post notifications on because we upload regular videos sharing our advice and experiences with A-levels, medicine and uni. Remember that our DMs are always open if you have any questions or concerns and please believe that you will smash these interviews because you will. We've done it and thousands of others before us have done it too. So remove any expectations about the interview that concern you and just take like take it as a conversation with your future lecturers if that helps. It will be over and done with before you know it, so do try to enjoy the process by reminding yourself that it's a privilege to receive interview invitations. I mean, as I said before, if you've been invited, they do want you to study with them. You just have to prove that you are who you say you are and you'll be absolutely fine. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to us today and we really hope to see you here next time.